The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, The Short List. little mini-sode that allows me to stretch my creative muscles and try some original content for you instead of the reboots and remakes that we do on the regular full-length episode of this show. So for this episode, we're going to be focusing on the tropes that are played in a lot of TV shows and movies known as the riches to rags or inner class friendship. Uh, you can see these kinds of uh, tropes used in... Uh, Prince and the Proper is, is the classic uh, version of this, but there's also um, the classic Michael J. Fox film, Doc Hollywood, as well. And what I, it really is a, just a fish-out-of-water story about people that are of a higher privilege, understanding kind of the plight of the common man, as it were, and having a better appreciation for lifestyles and, and ideologies other than their own, and also just the amount of uh, struggle that people go to it's basically a story used to show a character how to check their own privilege. And I think given a lot of the, that being a, a conversation that we're having a lot nowadays, I thought it would be fun to have a comedy using those classic tropes and kind of turning them on their own head. So this is also based on memes and conversations I've had with friends that have worked in the retail or service industry about people that are less than kind to the, the people servicing them, the Karen contingency, as it were, and how we're all in agreement that having a month or two of working in retail or in restaurants should almost be a requirement so that you know how to actually treat people in the world. And so that's the inspiration that I'm using to spin this story that I'm calling Service with a Smile a film about a small barbecue restaurant that is a family-run ordeal with a couple of extra uh, hands that ends up running into a serious Karen and then uses what happens as a means to teach a lesson that won't be soon forgotten. Although that lesson, when tried to be pushed out to other people, ends up getting misunderstood. So the basic gist, we've got Karen Stevenson as the main uh, character, the privileged woman that goes into this restaurant with some friends. There's some uh, back and forth extreme rudeness to the wait staff, And uh, through a series of hijinks, uh, something gets knocked on, you know, barbecue sauce gets knocked on their outfit and chaos ensues. Uh, something is thrown in anger and ends up shattering the front window of the restaurant. Now through going to court over this incident, the owners of the restaurant which are uh, Rosa and Miguel Velasquez, 
they decide that instead of actually paying for the replacement of the window, uh, they would prefer that the cost of the window be worked off uh, by working in the front of the house of the restaurant as a server for the time being, having worked their asses off to get this restaurant off the ground decades ago. The number of times they've dealt with privileged people that treat their waitstaff terribly and makes it nearly impossible to please them. The viral sensation that this case had become from people in the restaurant filming the freakout, uh, they felt it was an opportunity not only to drum up a little bit of business by making this Karen work in the restaurant, but also a valuable lesson about what it takes to give service with a smile when the person that you're serving has absolutely no respect for you. So that's the, that's the setup. And then Karen has to work for a, 160 hours, so about a full month of 40 hours a week at this restaurant in order to complete her judgment from the courts and uh, not face prison time. So the first thing that happens in this circumstance is because of the viral nature and people following up with the court cases, a lot of people having worked in restaurants before and also friends of this Karen decide, really want to go to this restaurant, A, to kind of run her ragged if, as almost a revenge for the people that worked in the restaurant industry for the number of times they had to go get ranch or that the food was cooked wrong or any number of things. And so having this one Karen as a representation of those kinds of customers, these restaurant workers are coming in and just enjoying the shoe being on the other foot a little bit. Now, the problem with that is that the cook, who is the nephew of the the owners, uh, that's Sam Velasquez, he ends up getting run ragged with things being sent back and basically doing the opposite of what these current or former restaurant workers that are coming in wanted to do. You know, they're trying to prove a point to this Karen, but he's ended up thrown under the bus a little bit as well. Uh, that creates a little bit of a bonding between the two of them because they're both in the weeds all the time, every single shift. Now for uh, actors for these roles that I've mentioned so far, we've got for Karen Stevenson, I had to go. Initially, I was thinking Katherine Heigl because just something about her screams Karen and apparently her behavior on sets of stuff. She is in life a Karen. So that's what I initially thought. But I think I needed somebody with a little bit more comedic talent to be able to play this character the way I want it to be portrayed, which is, you know, somebody that is not great, not somebody that you're rooting for. And honestly, I don't even want it to get to the trope of that they've turned their their whole ideas of on everything around and they become like a really good person at the end of this. I think she gets kind of a idea of uh, the plight of the common man or what, whatever you want to call it, but it's not enough working there for a month for her to get the full idea. It means that she is going to think for a second before acting out towards people from her experience, but she's not a better person, quote unquote, kind of the person you love to hate attitude. And I think that Catherine Hahn, would be a much better choice. Uh, she could totally Karen. She's done the Karen kind of vibe in her characters before, but she's also lovable. And if you have not watched WandaVision, she is an absolute joy in the scenes that she is in for that show. A total blast. Uh, Miss Fletcher, I've been told, is fantastic as well. It's a series that she is the star of. I'm glad that she is finally getting the credit that she deserves because she's been in so much and been an auxiliary character and really just done so much with those side characters that I'm glad that she's really starting to get 
her, her recognition. Then we've got the owners, uh, the Velasquez's, and I wanted an older couple, somebody that's, you know, they've been running this barbecue restaurant for like 40 years. Uh, they've been busting their tails to try to make it, and they're successful now. They're a well-known barbecue joint, but they have to deal with so much bullshit from the privileged folks that come in uh, that this was really kind of a motivation. And so I went with uh, Rosa and Miguel Velasquez are the owners. I wanted older actors to portray these characters as somewhere in their 60s and 70s. So for Rosa, I couldn't think of anyone better to have this like strong, kind of sassy, independent attitude um, co-owner than Raquel Welch, the queen of 1 million BC, Mother Jugs and Speed, The Three Musketeers, Bluebeard, Fantastic Voyage. She is an icon. And a lot of people say is one of the women that represented a change in the culture in Hollywood in the 60s and 70s from the blonde bombshell kind of attitude to it being more, you know, spunky, independent, uh, powerful women uh, with her portrayals of some of her characters. So I, I think that would be really a good choice of just a, a woman that has had to deal with this bullshit for so long that she's so past it and is not afraid of some, you know, freaking out Karen that just doesn't understand how to be a person. Uh, and then, of course, with Raquel Welch, her husband, Miguel, I wanted somebody that is just would be looked at and as seen as intimidating or somebody that they wouldn't want to associate with at all, um, a Karen type, but also is this like warm, loving, really friendly person that has seen some shit, but is just like a very wonderful presence. And that is fully embodied in one of my favorites, Danny Trejo as the, uh, as the co-owner Miguel. And like so many restaurants, Rosa works front of house. Miguel works the back of the house. Uh, they have a little bit of help here and there. Their nephew, Sam Velasquez, who works in the kitchen with Miguel, uh, that's going to be played by Michael Pena because he is uh, one of my favorite comedic actors, not comedians turn actors, but he just great timing. He's so much fun. He has such a warm presence himself as well. You want to be friends with this guy. And I, that's what I really want. I want that feeling of family. I want that feeling of like kindness and acceptance and tolerance and all coming from the Velasquez clan in this. Um, and I think those actors would be able to do that very well. Um, that Raquel Welch will definitely be kind of the head of the family. She's the one that calls the shot. She's the one that makes decisions. Uh, and the other ones, you know, respectfully disagree from time to time, but you know, she, she's got a good idea of what's going to work and what's not. And the, the men know not to, not to fuck with her. <laughs> then we've got uh, Donald Stevenson. That is the husband of the Karen of, uh, of Karen Stevenson. And I wanted, you know, a, a comedic actor that could play that just like vapid, aloof husband that just doesn't know what's going on half the time. And this actor's played it in a few different roles from the state, uh, classic improv, uh, like sketch comedy from back in the nineties, uh, wet, hot American summer party down role models and the babysitter movies, Ken Marino. He's a blast. His deadpan delivery alongside Catherine Hahn would be perfect for this role. Then we've got uh, Terrence Johnson, who is a server in the restaurant. And I wanted to have a, a strong presence as well, that nobody in this restaurant really is of the attitude to get pushed around, but they're also not mean people. And I thought it'd be fun to have like a, a kind of shit talking server, you know, just down in the trenches 
attitude about things that work their ass off. They do a great job at their, at their job and they don't have time to pick up after some woman that comes in and slow down uh, her job as well. And I thought Issa Rae from Insecure, The Lovebirds, Little uh, in the photograph, uh, she's got such a strong presence about her. You can see her breaking someone down because they're just being a pain in the ass, but then immediately turning around and just not having any kind of like deep-seated long-term hatred for him. It's just like, no, you needed to hear that. Now let's get to work. Um, just very much that in the trenches uh, server kind of mentality. So that's the main cast. And what I love about this is that when the people are coming in to give uh, Karen a hard time in the restaurant, they are fulfilling all the tropes that you get from uh, restaurants, uh, anybody that's worked at a restaurant. There's people asking for ranch, people that change their mind w while their food is being cooked. So it's basically you're losing one whole meal because a person changed their mind and decided to order something else instead, or somebody that sends stuff back all the time, or somebody that clinks their silverware against a glass in order to get the attention of the server or snaps their fingers, which is like the most infuriating thing you can ever do. If you want to make sure that anybody serving you at a restaurant hates your guts, uh, just snap your fingers at them and that'll happen pretty much immediately. And all these tropes are happening and she's so frustrated and she's so broken down. And with the help of uh, my Michael Pena's character, she starts to get kind of a, a better perspective on what's happening here is that all of that behavior, she thinks they're out to get her, and she's not wrong in that way, but she comes to understand that they're doing this because that is something that all of them have had to deal with from people like her forever, and that these are people with real feelings, and they, they felt the same way that she does right then, and it gives her that perspective that she so sorely needed and was kind of the whole point of this. Unfortunately, um, I'm not going to write some tropey bullshit without throwing a little bit of a spin on it. And my spin for this is that she, Karen, has a blog about health and wellness, you know, the, the standard stuff, best yoga classes or whatever, some new thing from Goop that she ordered, privileged suburban bullshit style blog. Uh, but she's got a decent following and she writes an article called Service with a Smile and it's all about her experiences having worked in this restaurant and having kind of learned what the other side is like. And it taught her to have a better appreciation what she for what she has and for how you act to people in the world is like how hard it is to do something while being berated and keep a smile on your face as to not make it worse. And then to try to embody that behavior every day when she goes out, instead of making it other people's problems when she's upset, she sees what she can do to fix the situation herself or creates an environment to minimize the amount of like issues that either side is going to have, you know, just like honestly learning how to be a decent person. And it's a great article and it takes off and it reblogs. And of course she's kind of a viral presence anyway. So this is a continuation of that story and it takes off super hard with all the, the uh, suburban trophy wife crowd um, that have nothing to do during the day. And so restaurants around the country start complaining about uh, different Karen's coming in and requesting to work in the restaurants with no wage experience, and then even offering to work there for free. Not even tips, not taking tips, just taking over like different sections and working for free, which the restaurants initially are really stoked at. Um, and it's also creating, as these stories are coming and spreading of different people doing this, uh, it's creating uh, more interest in people coming in and watching basically priv privileged uh, suburban women working these uh, 
low-wage jobs. And all of them are just trying to get some of the same feeling that, uh, that our Karen, this Karen Stevenson, got in the first place. But because it's not genuine, it's following something like almost a fad diet or some fad wellness thing, they're not really getting the point like uh, our, our Karen did. And they're just thinking of it as this fun kind of slubbing it kind of attitude and not really gleaning any of the insights. Also, because there's no, there's nothing dangling over their heads, they can quit any time. You know, Art Karen at least had a, a court judgment that she had to fulfill to avoid jail time. So there was, she had to stay. Um, these women have nothing over their heads. There's no court decision. There's no worrying about bills. There's nothing that's keeping them in the position. So they're being rude to customers. They're being their same Karen selves, but now they're doing it from the side where it's actually now affecting the businesses even worse than when they were not working at the restaurant and just being dicks as customers. Now they're representing the restaurant. Additionally, they're taking over sections and working for free and people that are actually living paycheck to paycheck that are working to survive have less customers that they're dealing with. And you know, the customers aren't, even though the service is worse, they don't have to tip. And so therefore they're sitting in these Karen sections and it's creating a major issue within the restaurant industry. And the original Karen looks at what she did and realizes that it's basically the same thing as like gentrification of a neighborhood, but it's within the restaurant industry. It's a bunch of suburban, um, middle class, upper middle class people coming in and changing the entire nature of something so the people that are struggling and trying to get by can't get by anymore because the expectation changes. And so even though our Karen is getting more of an understanding about the differences uh, between the, the, the classes and, and races as well, it's creating an even worse situation, uh, which ultimately the conversation that I want to be had at the end of this movie is that sometimes speaking for a group, whether it be economic or social or cultural group that you're not a part of, even though your intention is good um, and you might have actual important things to say, if you're speaking of it from another group's perspective, from your own perspective and not theirs, then it can be absolutely misconstrued, even if you speak well on it, even if your intentions are, are clearly good, it can be uh, misunderstood and it can make the problem worse than it was in the first place. So the whole conversation here is, is, is A, be nice to your servers, you know, uh, that be nice to people in the world. They, you don't understand what they're going through. You don't understand their perspective. You have to make room for other perspectives to exist and understand that they're not any better or worse than yours. They're just different. And so room's got to be made for all of them. Uh, additionally, that it's not about speaking for the disenfranchised or the, the put down so much is making room for them to speak for themselves. And that's ultimately kind of the biggest problem that we're running into right now in our culture, as far as my opinion is. And I, I think having something tropey like this, uh, that there's so many movies and shows that use this kind of trope, but then turning it on its head where the, the person that learned their lesson at the end of the day made it worse, even though they did learn their lesson because they didn't, learn the entire lesson. They, they learned enough to be better themselves, but not enough to uh, properly portray it to the rest of the world. So that's my idea for Service with a Smile, a restaurant-based movie, plenty of opportunities for guest appearances. And uh, I, I thought at first, as far as a director goes, of uh, David Wayne, 
uh, who did Wet Hot American Summer and uh, did Role Models. But I thought you, I wanted a little bit more of a kind of a social and political statement being made as well as room for all the comedy that would be coming with this. And Adam McKay was a better choice. He did Anchorman and Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, which were all wacky, super improvisational comedies. But then he also did The Big Short and Vice, which were very politically affected in their storytelling. And so to be able to do both, that's kind of what I was looking for with this, is that kind of, you know, fun and a little bit wacky and improvisational, but it, at, at its core is having a conversation about class and culture in America and also just the, the restaurant industry and how the idea of tips and servers is uh, important for somebody to be making a decent, decent living with, uh, with the razor thin profit margin in the restaurant industry. But on the same end, it does for some people create this weird, like servant kind of attitude about the the wait staff that they are you know you're in charge of them they have to do your bidding and uh that's just unreasonable to have that attitude so that that's my idea i would love to hear if you have other ideas for who to cast for this if you want to expand on my story of a service with a smile i'm down to hear it if you have your own stories about working in the restaurant industry that would fit in this story i'd love to hear them i love hearing stories about just weird customers that you've had to deal with. I, in the past, have worked in retail and restaurants and have my own stories as well. And I want to hear yours. So reach out to us. Geeksundertheinfluence at gmail.com is our email address. Just put the short list or smack my pitch up in the subject line. Our hotline number, 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GUI. Or just reach out on our social media, our links to our social media and Links to subscribe and rate and review this show and all the other shows on our network is GUIPodcast.com. Also, make sure to check out TeePublic, our store. You just go to GUIPodcast.com slash store or just click on the store link when you go to our main page and you'll see designs from all of the different shows on the network and also just fun designs from references from the different shows or just uh, fun t-shirt design ideas um, that you can have on mugs, shirts, baby clothes, buttons, stickers, magnets, all sorts of stuff. So that's very well worth check it out. And the plus side of that is, while everything's going on with the pandemic, we are donating all of our profits from any sales on TeePublic to the Holly Fund, which is a fund locally out of Richmond that helps people in the restaurant industry. So it allows people that are dealing with a lot of struggle with everything going on right now, it helps them out in their biggest time of need. So uh, please help them out. Uh, look up the Holly Fund. There will be links on, uh, on the notes for this episode and also on our links page on the website. And uh, also just buy our stuff. Uh, at least a little bit of that money is going to be going to the Holly Fund, all the money that we get from it. So thanks so much for listening. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com.